Dear Adam Silver, a show dedicated to creating and discussing alternative perspectives on sports and art. My name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. And today my guest is Lori Powers, who is a Los Angeles-based artist that works with found objects that are collected from neighborhoods near her home, and she creates characters that she installs on the streets where she momentarily impacts drivers to get out of their heads and into their heart while passing through her neighborhood. A passionate senior gold-winning basketball player, she lives for the day she can get back on the court with her team safely. Her art, like basketball, is a team event. And on the court, the thrill of receiving a lightning speed blind pass to put in a bucket never gets old. Lori is on the pod today to discuss her recent work, Survival Hoops, made in collaboration with Nico Naismith. The two have created over 100 basketball hoops out of found objects and installed them all over the streets of L.A. during the pandemic when park hoops were closed off. The movement of survival hoops has now spread all over the world. And a huge thank you to Vagabond pickup basketball player, brilliant writer, and previous podcast guest Isaac Eager for writing a beautiful piece about Lori and Nico's work in the LA Times and for putting me in touch with Lori as a podcast guest. If anyone is interested in making their own survival hoops and need help, you can email Lori at lorizpowers at gmail.com. Please check out the show notes for the link to Isaac's article and a short CBS News doc about survival hoops. And as always, thank you for listening, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. And you're on the show today to talk about your survival hoops that you created and installed all around uh, Los Angeles uh, since the pandemic hit. Um, and I would also just like, before we get into the survival hoops to just talk about, and maybe this relates to what you were just mentioning, just how you started making art, how your art practice developed around found objects and yeah, just, just how that sort of started. Yeah. So, you know, it it was a slow process. I didn't even know I was going to, uh, um, evolve into an artist when I was doing the things that I was doing. I started, um, I started by mosaic tiling, you know, the, the back wall in my house, which was, you know, gray cement wall, which is just ugly. And, you know, and I, I upgraded the ugly to, you know, Home Depot tile found, you know, here and there and, you know, started to put, you know, (laughs) started to tile the walls, that sort of thing. And then it kind of took off and, uh, Uh, And had some friends, you know, down the street that are, you know, what I would consider real artists, trained artists, that sort of thing, on the Mosaic Tile House. And, uh, you know, I actually started to come about learning about art through hanging out with my friends and watching their process and seeing how they, um, you know, worked as artists. So it was, you know, probably... Um, you know, I, I would do art in and out when I could, you know, you have kids, you got to go to AYSO, you have to, you know, you have to work, you know, it's not like you just like all of a sudden like, okay, here I am. I'm, I'm an artist, like I said, so it slowly, slowly evolved. Um, but I did have a, 
a moment. And I think, uh, you know, this is, this is what happens to a lot of people is that you find your medium, you know? So, uh, you know, I did, I, I did tiling, but you know, it's rough on the hands. It's, uh, kind of backbreaking actually you know because I'm doing everything on walls and I can't say that I liked it but I liked the results so you know in working and doing that you know there was a lot of satisfaction but I was at a I was at a friend's house and um he, he got a welder you know my friend Gonzalo got a welder and I was just watching him with this welder thinking wow I want to do that I want to I want to weld and uh, as soon as I you know put my hand on the trigger woohoo um <laughs> <laughs> I just uh just uh I just fell in love. I found my medium and I feel like like I was pretty 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 lucky with that. Um and so, you know, I just started out actually just doing forms. So, I would drop a bucket of bolts and nuts and anything else that was metal onto a table and then I would tack weld it all together. And then I would stick it into a form that I molded with my hands, which was usually using something like rebar, half inch rebar or um, thin wall and making these shapes and then, you know, putting these pieces into those shapes and then eventually adding stained glass. Now, when I say that I did that, I didn't do, you know, it's more abstract art. It, it wasn't like I tried to make like a butterfly or something like that. I didn't. I just wanted to put it up as it landed. And, um, oh, oh, my God, it was wonderful. I made an outdoor shower. Of course, I live in Los Angeles, so you can be in a shower all year round. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had these uh, stanchions that were 12 feet high in the shower, this four by six outdoor shower. It was like, going into like the shower cathedral that sort of thing um i mean you could hardly get to the laundry room i didn't really think about that part when i was building it it's uh, hard to think about everything <laughs> <laughs> you can't consider everything at once i mean that's asking a, a little, lot <laughs> it was yeah it was certainly a little tight there but i think what's interesting especially about um you know seeing other artists do their process and yours you know some artists you know they they create something and they have to keep it they have to store it you know if it's paintings you know they can have years and years of paintings you know stored can't get rid of them because they're part of you you know what i mean and then you can be fortunate enough like i was to to also be mentored by another artist who can make something and then go oh i really enjoyed making that and now i'm going to put it out in the alley and i'd be like what you're going to yeah. part with that very hard so I I uh I learned that you could change up and I think um as an artist that's that's a pretty cool thing to take something that you build and say okay that was cool now I'm going to turn it into something else so the outdoor shower I cut the stanchions down at the ground and then I I placed them throughout my yard and you know recreated another kind of art there so uh that's a that's a pretty wonderful thing. So I've been, you know, doing it for like 15 years and I've, you know, I've made gates and uh, uh, other kinds of, of, of art. But what I really do with my art now is, is that it went into found objects, you know, it, it transferred into that, which is, which is my real love to build things made out of, you know, um, toolboxes and wrenches and uh, um, shower handles and cables and turn them into cute little um, 
I call them cute, cute little, cute little characters, and I put them on telephone poles for the people. You know, it's uh, free art, and it's 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 up on telephone poles. So when people drive by and they're listening to Fox News or something that's stressing them out, sure, CNN, I don't care what, and you know, they get to a stop sign and then they they see a they see this character on a telephone pole. And it's holding a guitar and it says, like, give hugs. And you stop and you go, oh, maybe that's where I should be focusing. You know, look at that. You took me out of my you took me out of my element just for a second. That's all I'm trying to do is to do that for a a couple of seconds is to, like, bring joy publicly in the public domain to. To strangers. Right. And. And so that's what I do. That's that's my art, in, in in essence. That's my art. And and it seems as though because of how you described it, starting by you know learning from your neighbors and picking up on things that they were doing, that there's always been this sort of community aspect to your work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole for me, the whole point is is sharing something. Um, that has a high empathy value. So um, a lot of when I started doing this, uh, unfortunately it was around school shootings, which were devastating to me. I mean, I, I just, of course, devastating to everyone. And I kept thinking about how can, how can I, how can Lori with the tools that I have the money I don't have, whatever, you know, sure. just the, the tools that I am with who I am, how can I impact my community and contribute something positive? So an example of like someone who's done something positive for a community is there's this artist, I think she's in LA, maybe Northern California, doesn't matter. Uh, when Ebola came out and, 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 uh, nurses and doctors were in hazmat suits over in Africa and they were trying to help these villagers, uh, you know, get through Ebola. And these people had never seen, they'd never seen someone in a hazmat suit, didn't know what it would, didn't know what it was. And they're obviously scared to death. A lot of them, I would think. And so this woman figured out, well, how about I go over there and bring my inkjet printer with my camera and take a photo of someone's face of the person who's going in that hazmat suit and then glue the the face onto the hazmat suit so when they're working with that person with that patient they can point to it and say oh this is me you can't see my face but this is me so high level of empathy right like hey this is something i can do very low cost although inkjet cartridges are just it's just man it's a ripoff but but look at look at look at what that one person did just thinking about that so when it came to me putting my art on telephone poles it really was about actually the guitars that i would put on first that would have these messages like laugh often be love um and then the characters came secondary to the guitars to kind of enhance that and then i realized that the characters themselves could just do that. And um, so that's how I roll with that. Um, you'll have to come and see them sometime. Yes, take, a, I know. take a tour in LA. <laughs> totally. No, I'm very um, 
excited about. I mean, just this idea of sort of like the community engagement or the interven- intervention in public space and art existing in, um, yeah, just in public. Of course, we have that in many forms, but I it can't be uh, overstated how important it is to to encounter those those curiosities, those interruptions to our day to day. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, there's so many artists that can do other messages, whether they're political, you know, et cetera, on other, you know, on other levels. And the mine is, is just that I want, I just want someone to get a positive message um, when they look up and, you know, and I want them to, to feel good about it. And I, and I think also that when, when people see that up there they also wonder like who did that how did that get up there and uh, (laughs) that's always mine I'm always like how did it happen (laughs) right so the mystery the mystery of the art is also fun it's fun for the neighborhood and it's also something that the neighborhood can can be proud of oh look at what we've got you know come down here on Palms Row and and uh and see what we have and and it it definitely has a positive impact so so when Nico comes to me and says, hey, <laughs> you want to build some hoops, some survival hoops with me? And he comes to my studio and he drops down some of this junk from a prop house and uh, says, yeah, let's put this up on, you know, telephone poles. You know, you want to do this with me? I was I was like, yeah, this is right in my wheelhouse. Let's do this. Yeah. So, so this is so amazing, and I just want to rewind a little bit just so you, I want to give you the chance to also talk about your relationship with basketball. Yeah, so um, I'm a fanatic about basketball. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> I play, Well, I was playing four nights a week until, um, until COVID hit. Um, I play senior ball. I actually – I've always been athletic, but I um, – I really started playing basketball intensely, like in my thirties. And okay. so uh, I didn't play high school or college ball, but I'm, I'm sure I would have been pretty good at it. And, um, again, moved to LA. I, I asked a client, I said, Hey, do you want to, you want to, do you want to like play tennis? And she looked at me like I like was like weird. And she said, no one in LA plays tennis. We all play basketball so girl if you want to have some fun come down to penmar park in venice on when on sunday morning at 11 o'clock and play ball with us and i was like hey i don't know how to play ball she was like you'll catch on you'll catch on and i did oh my god my first day there 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 was this woman that was oh she must have been five five and she was the point guard and she had these blind passes and she could drive into the basket (laughs) above you know people that were like way taller than her and just spin that ball in and come to find out she was a her high school was state champions um in virginia (laughs) (laughs) that's the mystery there (laughs) (laughs) so so uh i got to play with some very good people starting out and um and then it was just like a fever with me. It was just, it was just like, I cannot get enough of this. How come I never played? I mean, I played football with, you know, football, you know, when I was young with the neighborhood and I did get picked before some of my brothers um, and, uh, and softball, but not basketball, but my 
God, that is the greatest game on the earth. It truly is. I absolutely agree. I mean, I feel like we're preaching to the choir right now because (laughs) both of us love it and most everyone who listens to this podcast loves it. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. The magic of basketball is unmatched uh, to me in many ways. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, eye contact, the intimacy you get in each game is just, oh, God, I love it. You know, eye contact, you know, a a blind pass, um, you know, your your point guard knowing how you're going to cross the key and just feed you that ball right where you need it. I mean, these things are just glorious. And, uh, you know, final seconds on, you know, what strategy are you going to do to win the game, that sort of thing. So, so I do play competitive ball. I play competitive three on three ball, um, senior, senior ball. So you probably haven't heard of that yet. <laughs> well, I, 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 it's not a foreign concept to me, but I, I'm not yet uh, eligible. <laughs> Still working so, on it. <laughs> so I play with some women, um, you know, from the East Coast. And these women were champion basketball players before the WNBA, the LBA. They were the first touring basketball players Um before Title IX, et cetera, and extraordinary talent, you know, women like Jody Racula and June Walton and Karen Smith. I mean, these women, you know, are just, oh, dynamite ball players. Uh, and so I, I got to come in um, to play with them, and we, we win um, national championships and world championships, wow. like for the past. Uh, Ooh, ooh, let's see. I'm 14 years for me. So, of course, we're all hurting right now because we, I don't mean hurting like physically, but just uh, that we can't play ball right now. Right. Um, you know, like the rest of the world, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty tough, pretty tough stuff not being able to play. Besides, you know, the social aspect of it and, um, yeah, it's 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 been really really hard. You know, COVID's been hard on on basketball. Yes, absolutely. Sure. I mean, I think that was one of the first, um, well, just a really striking visual that didn't have to do with people being sick, literally nece- necessarily. That was going around was just the hoops being taken down, the hoops being boarded up, uh, and what that meant for basketball players, for for public space, for interaction, all of those things. Just what those simple putting a board over a hoop what that symbolized i mean and not just symbolized but what it did uh, yeah it was so in, it was so overwhelming i mean i i think there's something like 468 million basketball players around the world i mean this is a huge shutdown i mean you know you shut down golf who cares you know what is that you know 100 people in yeah. the state <laughs> right and they're all jerks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but basketball, come on, you know, where can you go anywhere and like just walk on a court and, you know, earn somebody's respect in just a few minutes? Oh, my, I didn't know she was so good. Yes, indeedy. So, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been hard, but that's where, you know, survival hoops has been a game changer, really. Yes, so Nico Smith shows up at your house, or that's how I'm 
imagine yeah, theater or whatever studio. your studio, yeah, yeah, and exactly. saying like, we need to make survival hoops. Was there any description of this is what a survival hoop is? Or we, he was like, we need to, you know, put up some hoops so that people have something to play with around around town. Yeah, you know, he goes like, you know, you're a junk artist. I think this is right in your wheelhouse. We could do this together. Um, and honestly, at first I was like, because I didn't know what his vision was. Honestly, I was like, no, I got enough on my plate here, really. But, you know, he when he just when he just brought those few items into my studio and put them down after he put the first one together, I was like, oh, this is going to be good this is going to be real good. Um, so right from the get go, then right then and there, we just, we just started making hoops. And um, now there's over a yeah. hundred up in Los Angeles of your survival hoops. Yes. And there's even more in Europe around the world because uh, Nick, as you know, works with Venice ball. And uh, so from, from posting these hoops, we've had, you know, people all over the U.S. and uh, in Europe and in Japan <laughs> making survival hoops. And some of them are just so cool. Well, Very many of cool. yours are really cool. <laughs> I mean, I was just <laughs> that one that's like um, it's like the barrel of a grill. I mean, it's a grill. That's the the hoop is the yeah. grill with a hole in it and the ball kind of rattles around in it before before going out. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's a Weber grill, um, and you know all of these things. You know, we, we Nick and I would you know we'd we'd get in my um, in my Honda Element, or you know he had a van. We'd say, hey, let's go, let's go look around the neighborhood, and so we'd drive through all the alleys, and we'd find things like strollers and shopping carts and car bumpers and rocking chairs and you know, fireplace screens and hubcaps and fishnets, not the stocking, like the thing you catch the fish with, the the fishnet and umbrellas and boats. And, (laughs) and, you know, my studio got so full of all this stuff. Oh my God. It was just like heaven. Oh, and, uh, you know, and we'd, uh, you know, set up two tables and, you know, we work really well together because we're both very, very visual, you know, so, um, you know, he'd start putting something together and I'd start putting something together and, you know, he'd say, what do you think about this? And I'd say, oh, you know, I think we should put that paddle on that over there. Or he would look at mine and say, yeah, what if we do this, you know, just turn it and range it. So we worked really 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 well together and we were you know sometimes we'd make you know six seven a day wow and uh and then we you know we put them in the van and at first we were you know using a a, you know extension ladder to put them up and they were like nah you're really tall nick how about if we just stand on top of the van (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i really would love to see some install uh documentation yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, C- CBS, uh, it, it, it was great. CBS local, um, local sports news and um, the Gail King morning show, they, they, they took video of us, you know, putting one up, but it didn't, it, it didn't make the cut. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah. yeah, it didn't make the cut, um, which is, you know, 
unfortunate. But uh, maybe that was good in the long run. I don't know. Well, there's but... some element of mystery about how they go up, when they go up, <laughs> what that whole, uh, yeah, system looks like. Um, and so when you, I mean, I can just imagine that also once you have it in your head that you're looking for a specific thing, I mean, I think this can work both ways that, you know, you find a lot of, um, you might find more things that could, you didn't think could be a basketball hoop that now all of a sudden you're like, oh, that could work. That could be a backboard or a net or a hoop or whatever it is. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, I, I went on safari once and, uh, and, and, and the guide would say, do you see that giraffe? And I'd go, no. Are <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure it's right there? Do you see that wildebeest? I go, no. And then, you know, after two days, you know, your, you know, your brain starts to see starts to see the animals you know so yeah oh there's a giraffe and they just kind of pop up and it's the same sort of thing when you're when you're driving around um and looking you know in the alleys you know at first maybe it was a little like oh that'll be too hard to make that or or no I can't really see how that item would work and then everything works (laughs) everything can be made into a hoop and so you had to be really careful because, you know, say if I had like to, to be at dinner, like say I had to be at dinner, like say at six and I'd say, oh, let me just go into one, this alley here just to see if there's something there. And, you know, you could be late. You could be late to everything because then you're everywhere you drive, you know, you're just going down a street and you see, and, you know, like I saw uh, a set of car lights. I saw a set of car lights on on the parkway that were wrapped up. So obviously this person ordered brand new car lights, you know, high beam, low beam, must have been the wrong order. And I guess he didn't want to return him, just put them out on the parkway. And I was like, ooh. So, you know, I backed up, put them in, and then I made, you know, this like really cool hoop that had a motorcycle tire. And those actually beams are or installed upside down so that they're a ball return. So that's something else. As you start to make them, you start to go, oh, how can I make this more fun? So some of it is making sure that it makes noise when the ball goes in. So so you can make it clang. So we have like a, um, we have this grill and uh, at the backboard, what we did is we we hung utensils, you know, flippers. <laughs> So when you shoot the ball and it hits the flipper, you know, it gets a clang and it goes down. So that sort of thing. And then, you know, we make returns so that the ball comes back at you. Because we all know if the ball comes back, you're just going to shoot it again. So so that, that was fun to be, you know, creative in that way. So, for instance, yeah, we, just one more. We made it, you know, so we put up, a, I put up a bed. Uh, the frame of a bed and then a drum on the bed so that it's dream beats. That's what we call it, dream beats. (laughs) And then as the ball goes through, underneath the drum is a bass pedal. And so the ball would hit the bass pedal and then come back to you. So it was kind of fun, you know, to make them more functional. Right. And I mean, I think as to people who play basketball, you're also thinking about uh, just the – uh, you understand how the backboard and the hoop and the net function in these spaces normally. And so to get to play with that as people who are sort of intimately involved with the game, 
um, that knowledge can can allow for more creativity. Yes, yes. But I'll tell you also what we found, um, you know, listen to your customer base, um, <laughs> is people also like them to be harder to get the ball in. And I thought it would be just the opposite. You know, so we have these hoops and alleys, which is great. So it's kind of like miniature golf, right? You walk down the alley, you go 60 feet, you see, you know, you see a hoop at a pole, you shoot and you continue on. And I'm like, well, maybe they want, you know, the rim to be large. So I made a few with large rims. But uh, as we had more people play and play and get back to us about um, about the hoops is that they liked it when when it was harder to shoot. Hmm. So um, maybe they should be so, playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, I would so never. We... I would never wish that upon anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. No. So we do. We started making them a little smaller. But yeah. you know, some of them like baskets. You know, they are going to be smaller. But for ones where I was going to bend like rebar, you know, I thought oh, I'll just make it a little, you know, a little big. But no. No. Sure. So. It is really satisfying. I mean, I think that they're, you know, the, when it is smaller or the normal size of a hoop, it can, it, it feels like more of an accomplishment in some way than when they're bigger. Yeah. You got to squish it. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and the oh. backboard is, you know, cause most times the backboard is kind of level with the bucket that you're shooting and, you know, there isn't, it doesn't come out like four or five inches, you know, that kind of thing. So, so you do have to adjust your shot for it for each one. But something that I wanted to say is that, uh, you know, as people got to know that we were doing it and I have this, you know, door to my studio that goes out to the alley, people would walk by and, and what started happening is folks would ask for, you know, my phone number. So if they saw something in the alley, they could text me and send me a photo of it and tell me where to get it was. So, you know, so, that's how the project, you know, involved the community on the next level, what I would say, you know, because to me, those are assists, you know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, Absolutely. I'm going to use that, that's an assist, I put it up, and it just gives it that much more meaning, especially, and then we would have folks say, you know, could you put one in my alley, I live over on, you know, X Street, you know, and we go, sure, and we would do that. As we all know, local businesses all across the country have been hit hard by the pandemic which makes it important now more than ever to shop and spend our money locally. I am happy to say that this episode of Dear Adam Silver is brought to you by Bookman's, my favorite local used bookstore in Tucson, one-stop knickknack shop, and Arizona institution. Bookman sells used books, records, movies, musical instruments, and more, and is a wonderful community-oriented store. I was just in Bookman's recently and realized that they sell postcards. And longtime listeners of the show will remember how much I love sending and receiving mail, especially postcards. And their collection has some true vintage gems. In addition to shopping, you can also trade your own used items in at Bookman's for cash or store credit. What an amazing system. During this time of social distancing, Bookman's also has curbside pickup for books ordered ahead of time and for selling in trades. Please visit www.bookmans.com for more information. And remember, Bookman's has cool covered. Gosh, that's so amazing. I mean, I love how, you know, there's there's a lot of different engagement levels here, but that it's not just the end result. It's not just when people can, you know, a, a hoop appears and they can play on it. Like people are a part of this process as yes. much as they want to be. 
as much. Yes, yes. And you know, you can make up games with each hoop too. You know, so you know something simple like, you know, you're with your kids and you you roll the ball down the alley, right? You roll it down the alley, and where the ball stops, that's where you have to shoot from. Or you know, you just make games, or you just take a photo. And if you're not a good shot, you know, maybe you know somebody takes a soccer ball with them. So everybody wins. You know, it's not really about competition unless you want it to be. Um, you know, it's just about being with your family and enjoying, a, you know, a walk. You're not in the right. park, but you're in, you're in the alleys. And uh, something that also grew from that was I decided, <clears throat> why not start a project to take back the alleys? Now, I don't know about alleys and, you know, other places, but in L.A., you know, as I said, we find a lot of our materials in the alley. Is Why not take back the alleys? So while we're putting the hoops in the alleys you know i started on my block which was i think that's where everybody should start start at home um sure absolutely. i have some artist friends and we're putting murals in the alleys now so now instead of the alley being you know trash and you know people are walking you know their kids with strollers and walking through the alley alleys now to see the murals that we've put in the alleys and to see the hoops and we're extending that even more because now what we're doing is we're just taking art, you know, do a painting. Well, the painting's going to go up in the alley. You know, it doesn't have to just be a hoop. It can be any kind of art at all. So that's the, you know, that's the continuation, the continuation in the, in the evolving of it, of the project. Yeah. And I mean, this is some speculation, but I can imagine that, people who wouldn't maybe go to the park and play three on three or an organized game of basketball are getting to interact with the hoops. And there might be people who come out of from that uh, with a love for basketball that they didn't have before the pandemic, before the hoops, the traditional park hoops even got shut down. Yes, yes, I would say exactly. And I also think that, yeah, so Nick and I make hoops in, in, in different ways. He's, uh, he's, much more natural man. I, I think of Carol King, natural woman. <laughs> but he's a natural man, meaning well. So when he makes a hoop, his preference is to is to stay true to the form or the element that he picked up. So, you know, oh, he got this great rocking chair. So we put a rocking chair up, and, and what we did is, you know, we took out the center, of course, but then um, we took a spring. And we put the spring behind it on the pole. So, <laughs> so the blow in it was like, it was a rocking chair, a rock. It was just fantastic. So, um, and also with other chairs and that sort of thing. But my thing is, is I'm, I'm a color freak. <laughs> Lori loves, I love, I love colors. So for me, um, when I make, when I make mine or, you know, if they're just specifically mine, you know, I've got to get that spray paint out, you know, so I did one, you know, Honda car bumper. Well, that had to have like three or four colors on it. You know, I like them very, very colorful. So we're, we're, we're different in our styles. Um, and that, that gives everyone uh, a way to find their favorite basket because they are, you know, when you use different artists to make things, to create them, you know, you know, there's a different style that everybody, you know, will like or be drawn to, you know, so. Uh, so that's fun. Absolutely. That's really fun. I think that the most interesting, I mean, just aside, like regular basketball hoops, the most interesting ones are the ones that look 
that have that have been used the most that have some kind of wear and tear on them and like markings and things like that, whether it's the net being torn or there being scuff marks or rather than those pristine, perfect hoops that look like they haven't been touched yet. Um, yeah. So I think that like being able to have the hoops that you're making all stand out from each other. You know, there's there's a concept and there's a way of working, but they're all unique. Every single one is unique. No two alike. Every single one. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, I went camping uh, on the beach this weekend and I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a hoop. So I took like an Ikea chair and painted it up and I took a film reel um, and made the film reel, the ball return. And uh, <laughs> I called it a, a, a real chair bucket. Get it? R-E-E-L. Oh, real nice. Chair yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I just put it on a stand on a post and stuck it out on the beach and people just walking by just were so enthusiastic to see how you could take something like basketball and you could, you could make a hoop and you could have some fun. So, you know, we, we, we played like horse, actually we played beach um, <laughs> and, and other people came in um to shoot the hoop and you know i can't share you know that's a small bucket but you know people were making it in it was a lot of fun um so the the thing is is you don't have to go out and buy a you know a hoop you know you can just look around your house see what you got get rid of an old chair and you know stick it up stick it up it's fun yeah Totally. And I guess I'm wondering because of all these different elements of the process that you've mentioned from, you know, hunting down the materials to kind of trying different things in your studio to hanging them up and then seeing them get used. Like, what's your favorite part of this? Like, what is the what's the part that just is is uh, that you just can't wait to do? It's putting them up because we don't put them up in the middle of the night. You know, we we put them up during, you know, during the day, get our little orange suits on. So we look very official. Yes, um, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I was wondering, like, how, I mean, I just feel like I would get caught doing something like this and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'll never do it again. So I'm also wondering, like, how you, um, yeah, how that's gone as well. Well, we certainly didn't try to spend 20 minutes up there doing sure. it. No, we, uh, we, <laughs> we kind of went from three minutes, you know, well, you know, initially it was even longer because some of them were, you know, we had to, we had to figure out, you know, how to bolt things safely, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm big into safety. Nothing falls down, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we got it down, you know, the, the timing down, you know, like to a minute, which is great. So it's it's kind of like a kid, you know, you, you get that, you get it up there and it, you know, and it looks all pretty. And then what, what he and I were doing is we were taking, you know, the first shots on the bucket, right? Christening. And that's, or christening the bucket, right? Yeah. And it just feels so good, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, this one, you know, it's, it, it, you kind of think, oh, I'm not going to make one better than the last one. I'm not going to like the... I'm not going to like, you know, the next one I make, how can it be better than this one here than this feeling that I have right now after ooh, bing, taking that shot. And, you know, you get back in the studio and 
eyes wide open, bing, bing, bing. And, you know, you're ready to make another one and do it again. And, but, you know, the real joy, too, is when you, uh, when you see parents with their kids come to a bucket and shoot and play and walk and talk. So, you know, you know that it's, that it's engaging them. Do you know what I mean? So I was brought up in a pretty rigid family, you know, a lot of kids, maybe too many kids. So, you know, you had to get down to business a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like at at the dinner table, you know, would you get done? That kind of thing. But I think there's such a freedom, you know, with kids and communicating when there's a wonderful distraction. So, you know, you're walking down an alley and you're bouncing a ball and you're just talking about, you know, anything and it's all free stuff. You know what I mean? It's all, right. it's all open. It, it, you know, it's not about, you know, it's, it, it's not about tasks, let's say, you know, and you shoot a basket, you know, and then, you know, your son shoots a basket or your daughter or your wife. And then, you know, you end up talking about your day, you end up talking about, feelings and things that matter to you because you're in this open space and you feel good and you feel free. So it's so much more than just shooting a basket to me. It's so much more than that. Yeah. And, and it feels like it goes back to this idea of disruption of whatever is already taking place and just, you know, that, like that, that freedom you're talking about or that way of interacting that it kind of just bursts in, um, and, you know, we, no one accidentally goes to the park or stumbles upon the park with their basketball. Like you go to the park uh, to shoot hoops like with purpose, knowing that that's your intention. But to sort of just be walking along and see one of these hoops and then end up having this interaction as much, uh, I would say, like fosters creativity that might not have been there before. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would certainly, you know, certainly agree with that. And And, you know, the proof of that is, you know, when people you know, come back and say, hey, you know, I saw this in the alley, you want to make this? And, uh, you know, or what what also has happened is that I've had kids uh, that have shot in hoops around the neighborhood. Um, Their parents have brought them to my studio and I give them something to make. So, so one kid, I just cut out of a piece of wood because I had this dog basket. Um, So I cut out a a dog bone out of plywood that I found in the alley. And I said, here, take, <laughs> take this bone <laughs> and go home and, you know, do what you want to do with it. And, uh, and he did. So, uh, he came back and he drew, you know, characters, you know, Naruto and, you know, these, you know, yo Pokemon characters, that sort of thing all over it. And then we hung it up in the alley with him and he was just like ecstatic, like, look at me, I'm home during COVID and, and look at what I did. You know, I did this project, you know, and we had a, um, another one where it was a football, you know, we turned a, um, a black lives. We did a black lives matter. It was a, a football player. And so the face mask was actually the hoop. Um, you know, what's better than that? That's, that's great. You know, that, that just, uh, you know, it just, uh, when it's a just like in basketball when you're when you're looking at someone and and you're making that eye contact and you know you're the teammate and I'm here for you and I'm and I'm seeing what your eyes are telling me to do you know you do that on the court but you know with art when 
you know, when that little kid is coming to you, it's actually the same thing, Mm -hmm, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's just beautiful, you know? It actually just makes me want to stop and take a deep breath say, wow. Yeah, I I so um, agree that, you know, thinking about how the things that, you know, my favorite parts of basketball, what makes basketball so powerful to me and beautiful to me is is often the passing. And how can that be mirrored in my day-to-day life? You know, what does it mean to assist someone? I mean, we know what it means to assist someone, but, like, the magic that I feel from watching a no-look pass, like, how do I throw a no-look pass to someone uh, yeah. when I'm not playing <laughs> or, you know, cause I don't, no. I don't play. Yeah. But like, what, yeah. what does a no look pass when I wake up in the morning? Um, and I feel like I need to start. I mean, I have thought about that a lot and I would love to, to start more of my days with thinking about like that with that mentality. Yeah. You know, I think is, you know, w- when I started to make the art on the telephone poles, honestly, I thought about it for a long, long time, as I said earlier in this, how can I do something that benefits my community or someone else with what I have, with what I know how to do? And then it, and then it evolved. Do you know what I mean? And I think that, I think that as long as a person has that on their mind, and I really did in a serious kind of way, um, it'll come. You know, it'll come because you're manifesting it. Right. Really amazing. It's such, I mean, I think that there's been so many hard, uh, just really, I mean, this period of time of the pandemic has been really difficult in a lot of different ways and so many different levels of that difficulty and just really heart-wrenching, like, just... um, horrible things have happened and there's also some nice things that wouldn't have happened otherwise and the survival hoops are such a uh, wonderful contribution yeah they really um, they really have touched they've really touched a lot of people and they you know, they're, you know, they're also messages, messengers of hope. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's a beautiful thing. You know, basketball will come back. But, you know, man is, you know, we got ingenuity. You know, we can we can figure things out. And in this small way, uh, you know, this this has helped folks during during a hard time and opened a lot of minds as well to basketball and seeing it a little differently. Yeah. And to what is considered oftentimes trash, um, you know, like things that would be getting thrown away that are being recontextualized and turned into pieces of art and uh, sort of elevated throughout the city. I mean, it's just like <laughs> that it's, I mean, I think it, that is kind of a, I mean, for me, I'm like in my own art practice, I'm always tr- thinking about like wanting to have the least impact possible on, you know, the environment. And, and one way to do that is to use things that you find uh, rather than buying new or whatever. So I just think that like that it has its own power to, to make people rethink 
the things that are, you know, their own objects. Yes, yes. I mean, I'd rather see it on the pole than in the ocean. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, and it's funny that, you know, as, as I mentioned, this hoop that I made, you know, for the beach this weekend, <laughs> I was looking out at the water and I saw something red floating in the water and, you know, the tide was coming in and I ran out. Oh, what is that? What is that? And I chased it down for a half hour because every time this item would roll up in the surf, it would disappear in the foam. and I couldn't couldn't find it. And then, you know, after a half hour, I did find it. And it it was a flipper someone's fin <laughs> it was a red and it was a, a a red and yellow fin so I pulled it out and I I hope the swimmer made it back to land where wherever they are sure <laughs> <laughs> I added it to my real chair um as a ball return I just like brought it up <laughs> and installed it on you know uh while I was there like get it out of the ocean yeah absolutely and also i mean maybe that flipper was from like you know hawaii or uh i don't know just really far away like i think that's or japan you know yeah absolutely like if we don't know let's make up the most you know interesting story about it possible i think that that's (laughs) the other thing about being so hands-on with all elements of the process is just like the story by you finding those headlights and you know backing your car up or just like how these objects have come to you from other people there's just a richness in the the looking and yeah um that is that's just an exciting way to kind of like move through the world yes yes there's so much possibility there is there is and it's uh you know, some days I had to keep myself from going out. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's amazing. Also, you said your studio was filling up so much, but it seems like it was filling up and like emptying out as you were making the hoops. Yes, yes. Um, it's uh, that is so true. Every time we would, I would say, no, that's supposed to be a seating area for when people come to visit. Nick would go, oh no, it's a studio. Let's fill it up. And so we would. <laughs> We would, uh, we would, we would totally fill it up. Um, yes. Oh, it, it just reminds me, we made one, we made a cute hoop. We put it in the park and it was, you know, it was just made of all these tennis rackets. I mean, you literally, and we hung the tennis balls, you know, where the net, I mean, it was everything, every, every, there's, there's nothing you can't do making a hoop. Um, nothing you can't do. So exciting. I really uh, want to shoot on one of the survival hoops myself. So um, right now I feel so far away from L.A., even though really I'm not. But it just someday when I get there, (laughs) when uh, I would love to to look for one. Great, great. Well, let me know when you're in town and uh, we'll take you around on a bike tour. I would love that. That would just be perfect. We actually welded on some some hoops onto the back of bicycles when we gave the tours. Just kind of fun. Yes, um. <laughs> meta everywhere. Yeah, it's just like why not? I mean, I feel like that's it's just you know if it's if it's a space that you can hang a hoop on, why not hang a hoop on it? Right. Absolutely. 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 I mean, it is so. Yeah. I mean, I just so I don't play uh, basketball like 
in games at all, but I love playing horse. I love shooting hoops um, and all of that. And so it's just such a relaxing sort of um, cathartic process to shoot baskets. And yeah. that can happen with like a ball of paper that you're like throwing into a trash can or recycling, or it can happen with uh, an actual basketball but and everything in between. It's just this like idea of like you're trying to get something in and there's a possibility it could go in and you can keep trying <laughs> and it's just so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. You're just, uh, yes. Right. I'm not I'm not very competitive. So I have like what you're describing playing with these women who were like state champions. I'm like, could I do that? I don't know if I could do it. Like I remember crying on a YMCA basketball court when I was like nine (laughs) years old because someone tried to take the ball for me, which was there. You know, it's part of the game. Like they get to try and take the ball. And I just I was not I could not handle it. And I've always that's always stayed with me. Um, And so but but just being on the court and shooting and yeah, there's just other elements that are, that are very um, important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I, I definitely get that, you know, just standing and shooting the ball to me, that's meditation, you know, it's meditative. Um, I mean, from, you know, what I've been trying to work on, on my, on my game is that I really love tricks, you know, tricks are for kids. And you know, that's something that I really loved. You know, I'd love to say that about Nick is that Nick has some great trick basketball moves that just make it so much fun when you're on the floor, you know, that uh, it doesn't have to be this, you know, serious competitive, uh, you know, competitiveness on, on the floor. And I am very competitive when I'm out there. But if I'm if it's just out, you know, shooting with some friends and, you know, it also depends on the level of the person there, you know, you always want to make it enjoyable so that, uh, you know, people come back. And right. Play. But, of course. Uh, but uh, tricks. I mean, yeah, that's and that's the <laughs> art, too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been really wonderful. Just I love talking about the pieces and how they came to be and so exciting, such exciting work. So thank you so much, Lori, for making time to, to chat. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the interview. And, you know, uh, like I said, when you come to L.A., would love to show you around, um, to show you around the hoops uh, and some you know, of course, some do not survive. Uh, some do not. And there's remnant of them, but then there's always a story behind that as well. Um, right. I was going to ask about that, too. Like, how, do you check in on them? <laughs> do you, uh, you know, follow up with, <laughs> with uh, hoops that, you know, you hung a couple of months ago? Well, you know, I used to. I used to get in my car, go buy a cup of coffee to go, and then drive the route and see, you know, <laughs> and then I thought, this is insane, you know, you, you know, don't do this. And so I started doing it once a week. So some of them, some of them I've gone out and fixed. Uh, some of them, you know, some, you know, somebody did a slam dunk on a wooden chair, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to, you know, the backboard will be there, but the, right. the chair itself will be gone. Right. I think about dunking, like that is a whole other level. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and some, some we've put pretty high, you know, some are at 12 feet, but the problem with that is then, you know, chances are, if you're not a really, you know, if you, if you don't really play, you're going to, sh- you know, that ball is going to go into somebody's yard. So um, we only have a few, of, you know, the really, really high ones up. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, you can't, um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. Oh no, you kind of have to let them go. I mean, is what I was yeah. understanding. <laughs> like yeah. it's hard no, to, exactly to right. micromanage to... them once, once they're out in the world. Um, I had been doing a project a few years back where I was collecting old basketball nets and I would put up new basketball nets to replace them. And then I would, for a while I was going back to check to see if they were, you know, if they were still holding up like a few months oh. later. And, and, and sometimes it's like, you know, you could just tell that someone like pulled down the net and it had barely been used, but someone had just like, you know, was hanging from one side or something. And I'd be like, oh, like <laughs> this is disappointing because it hasn't been used at all. You know, you could just see that it just kind of was like yanked on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a normal impulse to want to sort of go and see what's happening in the place where you, where you did something. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot down on the beach, down at the, down on, you know, the boardwalk area. So it's, it's always great to, you know, take a drive down there and see what's made it. And some of them are up. We have, you know, the surf, the surfboard one we have is up. That's really cool. And you know, unfortunately, the rocking chair came down. Um, and then, you know, a few chairs, the, the 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 football helmet guy, he's still up. So some of them do make it um, and some of them don't. But then they're, you know, they're art pieces. And, you know, you take a look at it and, and uh, make up your own story. Even. Sure. So it's good. It's really incredible. So thank you again. I will... Of course, take you up on the tour, the bike tour of the hoops. <laughs> I would be foolish not to. Um, and and I'll be in okay, touch great. very soon. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks so much, Lori. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye. Bye.